everybody, and welcome to episode number 27 of the Fresh Red Farmland Show. Fresher. Woo! Hi, everyone. Oh, what? Fresher? That's me. I'm Parlance. If you don't know that right now, thanks for viewing. First time. Oh, shoot. i got to pull up the Twitter account because people need to tweet us. That's yeah. We'll talk about stuff that you want to talk about. Yeah, join in and our conversation at, hash, what is it, at Fresh and Par, hashtag <laughs> yeah, fap time. Yeah, hashtag's not how you tweet people. I no. guess, yeah, you could hashtag fap time, though. You could hashtag it. We could search the hashtags if you really want to be sleuthy about it. That is true. But, yeah, nobody did. But anyways, do it, everybody who's watching. Is anyone watching? No one's watching right now. Oh. But that's okay. That's all right. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, wonderful. Yeah, we're doing stuff. It's been too hot. Oh, it's been so hot. I look at you. Could see the glare and the sheen on my face over here. <laughs> You're like gonna die from heat exhaustion from doing the show too hard. Yeah, th that's what she said. Oh. oh. Anyway, I have the window open, which I never. I've opened this window twice in my life in this this room. <laughs> Is it difficult to open? No, but there was like a bee's nest in there. <laughs> That's a better reason than difficult to open, to not open it. No, I, the thing is, is there probably was a bee's nest, but they're dead now. That's too bad. Was it really bees or was it wasps? Uh, they're, they're, uh, oh, now I forget the name of them. Because if it's bees, I feel bad for them, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. They're carpenter bees is what they are. I think those ones aren't as good or something. I don't know. So uh, we do have one viewer. Welcome, viewer. Welcome to the show. We just started here. We haven't really talked about anything important. We haven't got to the important stuff. Did we ever talk about anything important? Dude, the entire show is important. That's true. That's this, let me tell you something. If this show didn't exist, there would be no one. No one would have. There would be no consciousness of of like out in the ether. We would, people we, would be very uninformed. Yeah, we suck in what people are thinking about, what people are talking about, and we just <laughs> we just spit it out to you verbally. Basically, even if people, no one ever watched our show, just the presence of it on YouTube makes a difference in the internet. Yeah. We are like the silent fart in an elevator. You don't know who did it. <laughs> but it makes... <laughs> but, it, but it makes a difference... But everyone can feel it. <laughs> it makes a difference and it stinks. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Well, so, yeah. yeah, so how was your week, Mr. Fresher? And then last week, we had a special guest, Todd, here. That was a fun episode. Yeah, and you took, and not only that, you took the the two the two headed format. Oh, we did. We didn't do the whole back and forth thing. We we did it live together, so that was that was fun. We I'm, both. He kept listening to my eye patch though, but what a jerk. Yeah, what a jerk. What an asshole. He's such a Todd. Seriously. Uh, I I did I did watch the show. I watched it. Uh, I couldn't. I did, I had bandwidth issues in uh, Mexico because that's where I was. I was in Mexico. And uh, I watched it uh, uh, on Monday, and I thought you both did a, a very good job. Although I feel as I feel as though you potentially could have explained review roulette a little. I bit. I know I did a horrible job, like incredibly horrible. And then I just gave up and said, "Oh, this is this is for parlance." <laughs> I stuttered through it and like didn't give any relevant information. Um. So outside of having Todd, that was last. That's last week's news. What do you got? What do you got for me this week? Anything this exciting? Week. Well, we went golfing. Yeah, duh. That was fun. We should have totally beat you super bad. Uh, we should have put that on our on our um, our show page. What? 
A picture I mean, of us yeah, falling. We but what? That's it. We didn't do it. We should have. We should have took a picture. No, that's true. Yeah, we didn't even have like a show. Oh, that's a super good idea. We should have the guy take a picture. That's dumb. That yeah, that that like stone teenager who had his shoes off when we I went up. <laughs> I'm super disappointed though. I, so we went to Taiyi, my favorite golf course, as explained in the last episode. But they're closing permanently in November. By the way, FYI, your show made a difference because I would have never went to that golf course had it not been for fresher. Well, I mean, I would have suggested it for sure when you asked, where should we go? But I was motivated because of that conversation to go there. That's true. So what was your take on uh, the Taiyi golf course? Okay, so I had read some reviews that were negative. So I I had... I had some low expectations going in, but it exceeded my low expectations to That's middling. what you said, that yeah. you should go in with low expectations because it's actually pretty cool, but it's, like, not nice. Uh, so the things I don't like are a golf course, if you hit the ball in a fairway, you should never lose a ball. But That's here, you, you could. So I lose a lot of balls on the fairway there. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, uh, it's a shame it's closing because it was a fun course and the planes flying over it was pretty neat. It was pretty yeah. Pretty the planes neat. are super low. It's awesome. But uh, and it's cool. It was only seventeen dollars for like a cart and eighteen holes. Yeah, which is great. And frankly, you could play until you're you could if you get there after three, you could play unlimited for yeah. It's very not regulated. <laughs> no, and that's I'll, what it, that's what it said. Play until you die. It said play until it's dark. That's cool. But, yeah, um, I, it was fun. yeah, it was a good time. I'm glad you took me there. It's a sad see. So if you are a Seattle resident and you enjoy golf and you've never been to Taiyi, don't expect much, but expect lots of... If you like planes and you <laughs> like golf and you like cheap golf, this is this is the equivalent of a PBR, really. Yeah, totally. frankly. yeah I like yeah. that analogy. Yeah. So if you want to just occasionally, you need a PBR, and this is the PBR of golf courses. I like this. It's relaxed and not pretentious, and like it doesn't really matter what you do. Like people are cool with it. Like you said, the guy had bad golf etiquette when he came over on our uh, on our hole and was looking for the ball or whatever. Well, it, it doesn't matter though because you know everyone's cool. Whatever. No, no, no. It, it does matter because I could have hit and killed him. Yeah, but he was like super obvious. Uh, doesn't matter. You could do that anytime. I guess. All right. So but, whatever. We went golfing. It was a fun time. I posted some pictures up on the on the FB, and uh, I'll try to put them on our page so you can look at them. Not that it's that exciting, but you can see the planes flying over. I took some action it's shots. Super low. Um. So I I came back. You know, Todd was here last week because I was in Mexico. Um. I went to Cabo San Lucas, and it was hot, very hot. Hotter than here, because now it's like 100 degrees here. It was about 100 degrees there, but with 100% humidity. There was a tropical oh. storm in the, Pacific, in the Pacific, and um, and there was the waves were like 20 feet high at some points when they were coming in. in these, cool. But they crashed right on the beach, so they were crazy dangerous, crazy dangerous. <laughs> and you, and you, can't, you can't even... Here's the thing. You, it's really hard to capture a giant wave on film, on camera. Yeah. Um, unless you're like in a GoPro, with people were doing that, they were going out there, those fucking nut jobs with GoPros with their like with the sticks. Yeah, the thing, yeah. And they go out into this these waves, these twenty foot waves with them crashing all over the place. It was they're they're bonkers, and they were just doing it for some good footage on YouTube. 
I saw there's a guy who got super famous for doing that, but like in you know more like surfing waves. Right. Yeah. Well, the original inventor of, of GoPro was a surfer in Hawaii, and the reason why he invented the GoPro was because he wanted to get cool super shots on the on that could attach to his surfboard. Yeah. That's. I mean, it's a good a good goal to have. And he's he's now a billionaire because the the company went public. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago on the New York Stock Exchange. Really, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, GoPro. I mean, they're they're way good for how much they cost. Like they totally dominate the action cam because like they really do have really good footage. They do, and they're used in a lot of stuff. They're, I mean, they were used in the your movie your movie from last week. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, I know a lot. But that's that footage wasn't that good. So. Uh, Anyway, Cabo, it, so the waves are huge. Uh, one thing I did not like about it is that, so in Vietnam, it's a, it's scammy, right? It's You're going to get ripped off no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I like, know, he's dealing with those barter people and everything. And so, so that that's what this was like, too. So you couldn't even take a nice, leisurely stroll down the beach without somebody coming up asking you if you want to uh, go on a parachute parasail adventure, or a water water wave runner adventure, or a uh, fishing expedition, blah, blah, blah. Did you Which do any of them? I didn't do... I only thing I did was I took a water taxi to um, to what they call Land's End, or the, the last part of the peninsula of on the uh, Baja Peninsula, to where the on one side of beach, it's called Lover's Beach, and that's on the Sea of Cortez, and then if you walk through this structure to the other side, it's the Pacific, so it's like this last thing. Oh, that's awesome. And it, it was actually the probably the highlight. It was the only thing we really did. It was the highlight of the trip. And um, the waves on the Pacific side were huge. Everything on the Sea of Cortez side at that point in time were very was very small. And, wow. uh, and they call it Land's End because apparently, though, if you draw a line directly from the point of that and go due south, yeah. the next, there is no land until you hit Antarctica. Oh, really? Wow. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, then there's a just... Uh, north of the of the beach, they're still on that peninsula area. Um, they call it the Pelicanos or the Pelican Beach. Yeah, uh, and I like the little like hints of Spanish accent. The Pelicanos. Or Pelican <laughs> yeah. <Beach. laughs> oh, hola, amigo. <laughs> yeah. um, Not even like a seducing Spanish accent. Hola, amigo. <laughs> That's how I talk. I talk like a... I talk like Rico Suave. Gerardo. I talk like Gerardo. That's who I talk like. Um, Rico Suave. Um, that's a reference for those of you who don't know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, anyway, and then a little further up, Pel- uh, Pelicanos Beach, uh, Pelican Beach, had amazing snorkeling. Like, you walk out... Um, so the beach there is kind of weird. It's it's ten, ten, maybe not even, five feet of three to four feet water, and then drops off to, like, 12 feet. Oh, really? Yeah. So there, the fish are kind of swimming around at your feet, and then there's, and then you just drop off, and there's just, like, amazing just fish everywhere. Was, we snorkeled there. It was pretty It was pretty amazing. Um, that was the highlight of the trip. I drank a lot. I drank so much that my double chin was is back. <laughs> uh, Are I you trying to block it with your uh, bottom third? I was trying to block it with my bottom third. Uh, I... I I get. I gained one notch on my um, belt. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, because I drank. I think we did the math because we bought our beer off-site and brought it back. I think I did the math that I drank 31 beers over the course of eight days. Plus, That's a lot. plus five liters of wine. 
How, wait, yeah. how many liters is a bottle? Seven, 0.75. What? So, how, that's a lot of bottles of wine. Well, I was one giant box of wine that we brought with us that was five liters. <laughs> you brought a box of wine? We did, because it was saved us money. Like, in your luggage? Yeah, we checked it. No way, that's crazy. Yeah, and then... Um, now... And then also I had a a cocktail, two, three on the beach during the course of the week, and then one every day at dinner. And the cocktails were literally the size of my head, pretty much. They were like within the super free ones with umbrellas and stuff. No, I, well, I was getting sing. So I found like this one place had amazing sangria. Um, oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh, it's just so good. Some of the best sangria I've ever had in my life. That's and then awesome. I was drinking mojitos and daiquiris, the other other the other ones. Was it like the um the daiquiris or are they the blended ones? Yeah, so the cat was drinking the getting blended drinks. Cat was drinking the the blended ones. So cool. I did, saying uh, it's a girl drink. Uh huh. Are you saying it's a girl drink? No, because I had the blended ones on the beach. I had the the at our our location they had happy hour where it was two for one. On, yeah. At like for every like I think it was twice a day, so you had to get the same drink and because she didn't want to drink one of the um like margaritas or whatever she did but she would drink either like a mango tango or whatever the hell they have like weird ones she yeah. would order that and I would just take the second one cool uh, but it was a good time I don't know if I would go back in July because it was so freaking hot um, I don't know even if I would go back uh, ever maybe. have you been to other places in Mexico I've been to Puerto, Puerto Vallarta oh yeah and I've been to Cancun when I was in high school was uh, it I feel like Cabo and Cancun seem similar in image to me. They are similar. They are very similar. And they're like it's like Hawaii. It's like if if they took Hawaii and just shoved it into a third world country, that's Cabo. <laughs> yeah, I've still never been to Mexico. I totally need to go sometime. I've also <laughs> been to Tijuana, but that does that shouldn't even count. True. Uh, uh, but I had a I had a, a very good time. As a matter of fact, I went to Tijuana with my mother and my family. Uh, when I was 15, and I got that they were selling like this was like 1991, I believe. Remember the first Gulf War? Uh, I, yeah. So that was you remember the big. Wait, the was back- it the first one where it was like live and like all the footage and stuff? Yeah, CNN. The, that was what made CNN huge. Yeah, that was that was yeah. Me and my friends used to just be like, let's watch the war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, watch all like the. It was just like the gunfire in the night and stuff. It's like, watch the war on CNN and collect the trading cards. You remember the, the war trading <laughs> they cards? They had trading cards? They did. Top I remember they had the cards for, like, the terrorists, like, the playing cards. No, that was, a, that was like, 2002. This, in 1991, uh, they, had, they had Operation Desert Storm trading cards. Wait, that was 91? That's yeah. not the one I'm thinking of. That's, that too- is, that's the one you're thinking of, dude. That's... that's. I think it was the one in, like, the late 90s. No, no. Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf? Maybe. Well, anyways. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, so uh, I went to Tijuana, and I picked up, at that time, do you remember the Bart Simpson t-shirt craze? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm an underachiever and proud of it, like, thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my Bart impersonation. Um, the, uh, I, they had bootleg Simpson shirts, like, drawn Wait, by... Now? No, this was when I was in Mexico, too. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because I was like, wow, they're way missed the trend. Yeah, and uh, I, I got a bootleg one with Bart dressed up as a commando. Yeah. Choking Saddam Hussein. No way, that sounds like an awesome shirt. 
And I wish I could find that shirt because I never threw it away. It's somewhere buried in my house back at home in Pennsylvania. A bootleg Simpson shirt with Bart dressed up as a commando choking Saddam Hussein. <laughs> I want to like Google image that later. That's a really, it's pretty sweet. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was Cabo. I have a lot more to say about that, but I, I feel like the last time I went to Vietnam, I, we spent an entire episode, and people complained that I talked too much about travel. So I won't, I won't spend too much, spend too much time on that. So let's just get right into the, to the. Uh, well, I the, think another point about your mentionable about uh, your traveling is that uh, you're pretty disappointed that your tomato plant was not doing so well when you came back. Oh, my God. This is, this is worth talking about. This is worth talking about. For for I and I know if someone's listening, Tom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I gotta talk about it. Yeah. Also, Tom, I know I'm glad to have my eye patch back. Um. Because nice, Todd kept stealing it. He's so, tweeting us, by the way. Oh, he is tweeting us. You you should be in charge of that because I can't I can't I can't multitask. He also says that he agrees that uh, those are the girly drinks, the mixed ones. Yeah, but I didn't. I told you I I only did that because it was two for one, and it was only twice. That's excuses. Yeah, it is. Ex- so one, it was only twice. I only did it. Trust me. Trust me. The extra inch on my belt, ninety-five yeah. percent of it of that of that inch. Two drinks. Is beer, and then oh, the beer. other like the another ten percent is the fruity girly drink. Oh yeah. So what was there the beer like that was the local one or that you drink? Well, I drank. Um, Model, I love Mod, I love Pacifico. Oh yeah, so I, I drink a lot of Pacifico, most Pacifico. Then I did Modelo Especial. Yeah. And then also uh, Tecate. I got some Tecate. It wasn't and then, like any like different beers. And then also Cor, uh, Corona Light. Oh, that's boring. Uh, what are you talking? Any different? What do you want? What do you want? I don't know. I thought. I mean, when I went to Costa Rica, they had like their like local. Everybody drinks it beer. Yeah. There is no there is no culture in Baja. <laughs> People didn't even live in the Baja Peninsula. Do you understand? It became Just a like best, it exists purely for tourists. Yeah. All the people that live there now come from the mainland. They just moved over from the mainland to work there because there's jobs, because there's gringos like me who come there and um oh we were walking on the street and we were kind of mosing on the street and uh the uh, taxi cab almost like nailed us or whatever. We just got the street. He slowed down and then he beeped off and he summed something like essentially in Spanish like "fuck you, gringos." What are you doing? Get off my street. <laughs> so how about your tomato plants? So anyway, back to my tomato plants. Yeah. So you know it rains here in Seattle and I've been babying this these plants my garden for the last since I planted them back in April. And they were huge. They were like four feet tall. Not four feet tall. Maybe four feet tall. Yeah, you were saying that like there was like. A couple dozen tomatoes, like potentially growing on them too. Oh, way more than a couple. Uh, there was at least about. They were cherry tomatoes, so they were growing in bunches, like uh, you know, maybe seven stems of maybe eight to twelve tomatoes. Yeah. And I didn't water. I watered them and fertilized them before I left. And then I'm thinking, eh, no worry. I moved them out. I'm like, when this rain comes, because it always rains here. Um. They'll just get the rain, and that should be sufficient until I get back. Well, as it turns out, a dry spell hit. I know. It has been super hot. And it was hot. Yeah. And I came back. So I, I freaked out on Thursday. I texted my neighbor, who I only had in because of, like, emergencies. Yeah. I was like, could you please? He's like, hello? Who is this? Is it everything okay? 
that was my interpretation of his text. Is everything okay? Um, <laughs> I was like, can you water my plants for me? And so he watered um, my plants and sent me pictures of them. And I was in Cancun. I was like, oh, not Cancun. In Cabo, I had like little tears coming down my eye. I came back. <laughs> That's sad. The one of them, it was all yellow and just shriveled up, and that was the one with the most tomatoes on it. So I lost about 80% of the crop on that one. Um, the other one was just dry. I was, I think I'm getting it back, but I don't know. Someone told me that the root system gets screwed up when that happens, like when you dehydrate them like that or don't water them enough. So I'm hoping like more tomatoes will grow on it, even though it's not like a couple of days ne uh, neglect and like months of work gone down the drain. I, I know. I know, I know, and I feel terrible, and I'm a terrible... If this is anything, if this, if this is how I treat responsibility, I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I should be... I'm not... You know when people are like, I wouldn't even put you in charge of a houseplant. <laughs> I've never heard that. I'd say no. maybe a goldfish. Goldfish is easier to take care of than a houseplant. Yeah, because goldfish, when they're hungry, they just eat their shit. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think houseplants probably do, too, to some extent. Well, if plants shit, that's news to me. I mean, they drop their leaves and then buy like. Oh, it. right, right, right. Yeah. So. But that, I don't think that happens. Like. So anyway, my plants are. They one of them is dead. Well, not dead. It's like twenty five percent alive. So seventy five percent dead. Uh, the other ones that were in the actual uh the raised garden that I have, like the the wooden whatever you call that, the raised garden thing. Yeah. Those actually were okay. I think because it was in soil and not in a pot out in the front of my house, it was able to maintain moisture in the ground. Yeah, I think yeah, the having it be in a um, pot like is way more risky. Like you have to take more care of it. It right. doesn't have the, the whole earth to take care of it. Yeah, and not connected. And I did that because I wanted to to try to do something special with them, and they were special. They were huge. They were huge. They were the biggest tomato plants I've ever seen in my life. That's. A <laughs> Especially in a pot. Yeah. Well, I read all about it. I did all this research about growing tomato plants in a pot before so, I started. Yeah. I was like all out. I was all out about this. Because in England, I didn't realize this because they don't have garden space. You know what they do? What? They buy They buy those giant bags of soil and compost. Yeah. They just rip a hole in it and plant it in the, in the bag. That's pretty cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. So that's what they do. So I was even considering doing that. But then I thought, I was like, that's kind of ugly. I'll just have, like, bags lying out everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely would not be, the, like, the best-looking uh, garden. And I had a battle to get those freaking pots in the front of my house because there was uh, some arguments over whether they were uh, deemed to look good enough to be placed in the front of our house. <laughs> so, whatever. So, uh, moving on. Uh, today was a big day for TV. I don't know if you know that. I didn't. You, I saw that you mentioned something about the Emmy nominations, and we weren't nominated. Oh my God, who? Us. Like MSNBC? No, as in Fresher and Parlay. Oh, I know. Shh. I don't think anyone. Uh, Tom, you got to get on that as our biggest fan. You got to like enter us as a nominee or whatever. Is that that's how it works, right? Yeah, I don't know how it works, but yeah, we were not nominated. But uh, <laughs> but it was a big. It was a big. Um, it was a big. This is like one of the biggest. We can't enter ourselves. We could. Netflix received a bunch of nominations. As oh, that's pretty cool. I think, um, I'm trying to remember, there was another, like, Netflix got House of Cards and also, um, what's that show? 
Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. The second yeah. season was pretty popular. I never watched it yet. Yeah, and um, Masters of Sex was was uh, nominated once or tw- a couple times. Um, but Silicon Valley was nominated. Oh, that's for, cool, yeah. For, for like Best it. Comedy Series. So here's... here's the, I actually find this one to be the, the most interesting and probably the only one you're qualified to take a guess at. <laughs> um, so for Best Comedy Series, it was The Big Bang Theory. Hate that show. Louie. No, also not a fan. Modern Family. I do like that. I like I'm giving a like, little... Like Orange, that Orange is the New Black. That's a comedy? Silicon Valley. And Veep on HBO. Oh, I like oh. Veep. I didn't know it was still going. Yeah, it's still going. So those are the... Who do you, who do you pick in the best comedy series? Uh, it was Modern Family and the other one that I liked. Orange is the New Black, Silicon Valley, Veep, Louie, Big Bang Theory. Oh, then probably Modern Family. Uh, I don't think it's. I think it's going to go to Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that. I didn't even. I thought it was a drama. No, no. So for drama, though, it was Breaking Bad, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, House of Cards. I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones is going to win that. How do you know? Maybe it could be. It could be House of Cards. Mad Men or True Detective. I mean, it'll either be Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. I think it could be True Detective. Is it for new or just for drama? This is it, drama. True like not for new drama or just like overall? No, it's for the latest season. It's not there... like overall, it's the latest season. Oh, uh, Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be True Detective. I think it's going to be True Detective. I'm voting right now for, I'm going to say Game of Thrones, but I think it might be Breaking Bad also. So then I also think I think that Matthew McConaughey, who was also... Both Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey for True Detective yeah. were nominated. And I think for Best Actor in a Drama Series, and I believe Matthew McConaughey is going to win that one. It's cool. Um, so anyway, I just it's a big day. Uh, you wanted to, I don't think you would know any of the other ones. Peter Dinklage should win for Best Supporting Actor for Game of Thrones. Which, who, which person is that? He's the little guy. Oh, yeah. Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah, so he should win, in my mind. He's pretty good. Yeah, he well, he he's one of the best best parts on the show. Yeah, I mean he's a good character and he like executes it super well. Oh, he's phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get on to the, the uh, we news, could, of, uh, news uh, of the week. Yeah, we could adjust uh, some of the wrongdoings that me and Todd talked about soccer last week because we didn't know what we were talking about. Let's put it this way. If we were to try to address the errors that you made, <laughs> we would have to do an entire, you know... Uh, it's like a, a, um, one of the, like, where you write the whole page at the end for, like, mess-ups that you do in a magazine or whatever. Right, it's essentially, yeah, or, you know, error corrections or whatever. We would need an entire episode of so the... main current. thing, the main thing that I wanted to clear out that I w- wish that someone would have jumped in at the time is the group of death or whatever, Right. The group, of death. the group of death, correct. Yeah, Todd didn't believe that that was a thing. Okay, first off, the group of death is not really a thing. Yeah. The, the group of death is a... Is, there's always one group in the first round of the tournament of the yeah. World Cup that has four really good teams, okay? Yeah. And that... And only two could advance the, to the 16, the round of 16, 
And that group is always called the group of death. It just so happens that this time around, U.S. was in the group of death. That's what the group of death is. It's not a formal, it's not an institutionalized thing. It's just it's some, like a real like soccer thing that's like, you can't believe it was a thing. It's for sure a thing. That's, right. all right, number one, group of death is a thing. Yeah, even though I said it wrong, it's like the death team or death match. Death, or, yeah, death squad. The soccer yeah. death squad. <laughs> yeah. I just knew it had death in it. Um, and then uh, I was watching, so of course this week was one of the most shocking uh, defeats in sports history. Yeah, the Brazil game? Yeah, so Brazil versus Germany ended 7-1. to one. I know, it was like our Super Bowl. Uh, for for Brazil, this is this is a national disaster. I know the players like they said that they didn't even like weren't trying anything or something. I don't know. I wish I could we could put up the pictures, the screen grabs of like the interviews of them crying afterwards. Yeah, and like all of the they just had like kept going to shots of like kids crying in the crowd and stuff. Dude, this is a national disgrace. The Brazilian yeah. team is first off they haven't ever lost to uh, ever at home. I know, right? And then, uh, they may actually, that may be not true. It's like 80 years. Like, I think it's 1930. Like, I mean, they lost super bad. Like, it was like, their uh, goalie got, like, kicked through the legs. It's the, wor- it's the worst defeat ever in, in semifinal World Cup history. It was humiliating. And I was actually watching the, uh, the Netherlands and um, Argentina play the following day. They were going to play the winner of that match, so yeah. essentially playing Germany. And the British announcer says... It's raining very hard out there right now. I'm unsure if it's from a cloud or from the tears of a fallen nation. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, reenactment of the uh, announcer. Yeah, and I, it's just that's how bad it is. I was on Bloomberg the following morning on on that was Wednesday and Thursday. No, yeah. wait, it was Tuesday and on Wednesday they said that there's going to be a severe economic slump. Really? In Brazil because of this match. And there is a possibility that the president, because the elections are happening, I think, in three months. He could lose because of it? He may lose because of it because there's an unspoken... There's been, like, an... Uh, th- was it, I think, actually, this is something... Are the players going to get murdered or something? No, they're not going to get murdered, but they're not going to be revered. Like, it's terrible. This is Brazil is a nation of football. They, like, yeah, all yeah, the... Right. They, yeah. So, um... Anyway, they said that uh, because there was an unspoken rule that they've spent... A, this is a third-world nation, and they spent millions building these stadiums. Yeah, I know. And, um... And I think it, was, it was, like, billions, wasn't it? Well, hundreds of millions, maybe, right? Yeah. And they... It was an unspoken rule that if you bring the World Cup here, we will be... We will win the championship. It was, like, an unspoken rule. They lost... Ter- and not only did they lose, they lost terribly... Um... It was it was shock. I mean, let's let's be fair. Their best defender was out that game because he yeah. got he got uh, two yellow cards, so he had to miss a game. And their most potent offensive player broke his back because of by a Columbia, back? Damn. Well, a vertebrae, which is technically a back, right? Yeah, totally. Some a hard someone need him in the back in the game previous. Damn, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So he was out. So they were missing two of their better players. If not, the, certainly their best player, and arguably maybe their third, second or third best player. Yeah. So they were they were not playing full strength, and they once they gave up that they gave up those goals. It just it was just they gave up. They gave up. I know. I mean, it was like five goals in the first like ten minutes or something. It was no, it was. Uh, I think they scored five in the first half, but I think they ended up Germany ended up scoring three or four goals within a ten minute span. Yeah. 
to give up seven goals in a football... Here's the thing. I think we could field a team yeah. and not give up seven goals. I know, right? Wait, who's we? Me and you. We could field really? a team. Yeah, all we have to do is just line up 11 dudes on the goal line and not let them shoot it in. At the world... I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Well, whatever. Maybe I'm <laughs> exaggerating, but whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, soccer. So there's one more game, right? Uh, so yeah, the final, which is and Germany. All this, all this hubbub will be over for four more years. Four more yeah. years, yeah. Deal with it. Now you just gonna have to deal with Sounder, Sounders, Seattle Sounders. Yeah, that's already enough. I don't. I mean, they're all jamming up the trains. All these people in green all over the place. Yeah, I know. Seriously, and then then you'll have football season, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So that's, that's more acceptable. So anyway, that's that. That's the World Cup. Uh, I was. I am lucky. I had Germany in our pool. I know. I had all the teams who lost like first round. I know. I know you did. But I have Germany. So if they win, I win some. I win a little moolah. Little. They're not little, A little pride. Have they ever won before? They're the second most winning team in uh, World Cup history, behind Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Who who is the potential for being the other the person they play? It's not potential. It's already decided. They're playing Argentina. Oh, has Argentina won before? Yes, I believe. Actually, that's a good question. I don't know if Argentina has, uh, has won before. Because oh, I want to root for the one who hasn't won before. Um, you checking? Yeah, I'm checking. Check a check. Little checky check check. <laughs> cool. Uh, so to answer your question, no. Oh wait. Yes, they did. They won it in 1986. So I believe that was the Maradona hand of God. Hmm. I believe. I believe so. Cool. So anyway, um, so that's that. Uh, Soccer. Yeah, soccer. Soccer. But uh, in other local news, uh, this week the first pot stores opened... Jump to that topic. Oh yeah, yeah. Tuesday. It was the first uh, legal marijuana store opened in um, Soto. Well, not just in Soto, around the state. I mean, yeah, on the state, but the only one in Seattle, which is weird, is just in Soto. Yeah, what's it called? Smoker City, Columbia. What's uh, it called? Cannabis, it Cannabis called City. Cannabis City, yeah. Yeah. But um, I thought, yeah, as you you showed me that article, like. I didn't know the packaging was going to be so cool. It's cool. It's like it has nutrition facts, but like drug information. I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah. So here's the thing. Part of the regulation. So I actually knew a lot about this because I've read all of the laws prior to going. Uh, I actually could. I was like, maybe it'd be good to get into this whole business right now. Get know, on the ground floor. It's a booming business, possibly. I think yeah. it's too busy at this point still. So um, essentially, the reason what's happened now with the legal pot which is different than illegal pot, is that when you buy a legal pot, it's shady, you don't know where you're buying from, and you don't know how they're growing it, and you don't know what they're using to grow it. And you don't know if it's laced, right? It's could be yeah, and then that guy, the guy in the Stranger, the article I was reading, said that, like, uh, people are all about the names and, like, types of pot or whatever. And, like, um, when he used to work at a dispensary in California, he'd, like, his manager would just have him make up names for stuff, and they'd just, like, do whatever with, like, it was totally not real. Yeah, he said that essentially they would have leftovers, they would have an ample supply of different types of weed, and he would just think of names like Plato or Socrates, and what he said they found out names that would sell, and then they would just just take that name, name and, uh, yeah, and just read I, it. I, I never heard that before. 
So but that was also like a while ago, but still. Yeah, I thought the packaging is cool. It, it like is required to list like where it's grown, how it's grown, like where it's from, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, so essentially it's required to say the the grower, where where it's grown, like what what part of the state, because all stuff here is all grown in state. There's no outside suppliers. Yeah, because you have to get a license to grow too. Whether it's grown inside or outside, whether it's grown in soil or through hydroponics, okay? And then also it has the THC content, a percentage of that. And then two other ones, which I didn't know, like CBT or CBD or whatever. Some other acronym. Some other acronyms, and I believe those are like the psychotropic or the kind of like some other... Yeah, I thought that's cool. I've never even heard of all that stuff, but it's awesome. It's standardized. Yeah, so now it's standardized, and also it tells you when it was picked, or no, I'm sorry, when it was harvested, and yeah. also when it was inspected. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty cool. So, like, when Bob Dylan smoked some bad weed that had marijuana, I'm sorry, uh, bat feces in it, and got a lung infection. Oh, really? Um, the classic uh, story. Um, he that won't happen anymore. At least not in Washington. If you're buying legal. That's right, if you're buying legal. So actually, this Stranger article came out and said, buy legal. Yeah, I mean, if not just to support, like, the switchover, like, that, you know, trying to create a new economy. Right, he, well, his point was the medical marijuana industry is, is unregulated and untaxed. So yeah. if, if you if, So people are complaining about the pricing right now, because right now, with taxes, it's, I guess, $30 a gram, which is pretty high, but there's also not much supply right now, so supply and demand are driving the cost up. Yeah. I, believe I read in Colorado when the prices, the first couple weeks, I think it was six weeks, the prices were really high and they dropped like 20 to 30% after six months or something. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to take like at least like three to five years to really see how it works. Right, and they were, I think I was, I saw a chart and I think it was on uh, one of the news websites and said, I think it might even been NBCnews.com, um, that showed the prices by gram around the world or whatever. Like, um, and right now we're the highest. Uh, but you know, the it's also one of the only legal places like in the world, pretty much. I think. I mean, yeah. it's like a real place. Yeah, and I feel like people are also forgetting how about inflation. They're like, oh, I remember 20 years ago, I was able to get a gram for 15 bucks. You know? Well, guess yeah. what? 15 years ago. Or 20 years ago, 15 bucks is probably like 30 bucks right now. Has it been like? Well, yeah. Anyways, that's cool. I thought that that was pretty interesting. The guy in Spokane who like um he was in line since like last night to uh, be the first person to buy legally at the store, and they like interviewed him, and he was like he held the package up that he bought and like high fiving people on the way out. Right, he's and, like, first person! Yeah. And then, like, right when he got home and he was, like, about to light up, he got a call from his employer that said, like, we need a P-test. And they, like, totally saw him on the news. And, like, so he totally lost his job for being yeah. on the news for buying at that place. So here, I think that's going to happen a lot. <laughs> so this is my advice to those who want to partake in legal marijuana. If you're going to do it, don't fucking be the first in line. <laughs> and get interviewed and stuff. Don't take the day off from work to go buy weed. <laughs> don't do interviews. 
Don't then, wear a disgusting tie-dyed. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, the guy looked kind of weird. I kind of feel bad for him, but like, yeah. I mean, it was kind of a dumb move. Even though, I mean, it is cool to, I guess, be the first one or whatever. But the thing is, he was the first one at that store. There was other people everywhere. I mean, he waited 20 hours in line for this. I know. Really? So anyway, he got fired, which is kind of weird because, I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like illegal federally, but yeah. illegal so, here. I mean, this, this is the point that I think is the biggest thing that nobody's really going to... I mean, some people will, but most people aren't going to think about that just because it's legal doesn't mean your employer thinks it's okay. Because, like, right. they can... To, like, it's probably in your contract that you can't have any... You have to pass a drug test and stuff. And it doesn't matter what the law is. They can still fire you just for that. Right. I think the only exception would be if it's medical. I don't even know if that's an exception. It's I think de- that's still. definitely an exception. I think that they could still not hire you on the basis of that you can't pass a drug test. Oh, not hire. I'm saying if you are already employed and you they didn't could probably fire you still for that. I think that would be discrimination. I don't know. That's a good question, but I think that that stuff is going to be like a lot of people are going to run into it because they're going to think like, I thought it was legal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so that's I, the thing. I see this going all the way to the Supreme Court. Wait, well, I mean, the guy's not suing or anything. No, but it's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. This guy, it's going to be some other guy in Colorado or something. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, also... I mean, if you go to the federal court, then it's just going to be no, because it's still illegal. So, well, that's where... I'm saying it's going to go to the Supreme Court, because I think it's going to get challenged, because it's states' rights versus federal rights, it's yeah. classifications versus... I think that's an eventuality, I think. Um, also... Um, I wanted to point out another thing. And my advice, beyond the just, like, the common sense stuff of, like, don't be an idiot and, like, go on TV and be like, oh, yeah, bro, first time. (laughs) Um, They they used to have that public access show that was just a guy uh, doing bong hits. It was, like, it was just, like, see how long you could do it. Oh, he had called people. It was a call-in show. Man, I always wanted to do one of those public access call-in shows. That was, like... Because it would be totally like doing Wayne's World or something. But he um, had people call in and see how long they could do like a bong hit. But then they had always like, you could tell when it was someone just blowing a straw into like a cup of water or something. All right, so here's the thing. Our show is no better than a cable access show. As a matter of fact, we have more potential viewers than a cable access show. So your wishes come true. I know. We just need more. I mean, that's why we got the Twitter going here and we got Tom uh, messaging us up, up a storm. He's, he's uh, validating all of your World Cup knowledge and um, all that stuff. So also, um, if you are going to buy legally, my advice to you is to not do it in a town that someone will see you at. Yeah. And don't, and don't talk about it. It's that, true. That's my advice. Good advice. So, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other topics. I yeah. think that mostly um, that was the main stuff. No, uh, let's talk about this uh, this Google thing that came through. Recently. Oh yeah, uh, that's been a, uh, for going for a while. But the like being able to take yourself off of its search results. So here, yeah. So I'm trying to find the name of the uh, of what the law is called. I think it's called like in Europe, particularly. Yeah, it's a European. So the European the European courts. It's oh. not just. It's not just like your it's it's a specific European court and they didn't give much guidelines. And it's called the right 
to-be-forgotten act. Yeah. And what this means is, and this went live on Thursday, and it was under Google's own discretion, okay? Yeah. They set up a website on Thursday. So if you Google your name, so if I typed in Parlance, you know, and, and hit enter, if that was my real name, and I saw something I didn't like, I could go on Thursday if I lived in Europe, to, and I could essentially say, D-list, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. I don't want these links on my thing anymore. Yeah. And then they, ultimately, Google has the right to, they're the essentially right now the judge jury on these things. They have the right to remove those or not based off of very loose guidelines. This is what's happened yet. They don't, we are in this weird world yes. uh, where we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, but they've already delisted about, I think, like something like 48,000, a lot. And yeah. I think they rece- they were received like something like in the first 24 hours, something like one every 10 seconds. So uh, I heard another story about this, and I don't remember the exact details, but some uh, European politician like erased some news article that like made him look bad like from the Google thing. But because he had... Uh, Linked, because he had uh, asked for it to be erased, it totally like was noticed that that article got unlinked to on Google, but they still could link to it from like, you know, it's a it's a news site, so like the article's still there. Well, it's that's not the like thing. the content went away. It's like it's not like it got a lot of attention because he delisted it. It was noticed that it was delisted, and then it got brought up all again, like, you know, and so it totally screwed him. Well, here's here's what the rule is like. This is the rules like. Imagine if the internet is a library, okay? Yeah. And the Google, and there's the uh, links and news stories and all those things out there are books. And I would Google, think that it would be more like right, a library and then Google is the card catalog. That's exactly what I was getting at, dude. Oh. Google is the card catalog. It would be like, hey, I'm going to go in and I'm going to remove the card from the card catalog so you won't be able to find it here, but it's still on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. So... Also, so also, it's not Google.com. So you could just go to Google.com and find it. It's only Google. All the like Google.fr, Google. Oh, really? It's only the country ones? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not Google.com. Yeah, it's, so it's only, because it's not the law here. It's only the law in Europe. Yeah. And when you type in your name, so when I if I'm on Google.gr, Germany Google, and I t- I type in Parlance, at the very bottom of the screen, as a matter of fact, you at home could test this out. Go to one of the our, the foreign Google sources yeah. and type in your name, and it will actually say this this page has been parsed. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, was also, it first lanced? So anyway, what's funny is, is I think indirectly it's going to be indexed anyway because every link that gets removed has to be cataloged. Yeah, I know. It's like an ex- It's like a recording everything you do in incognito mode. It's <laughs> searching your garbage because that's where the good stuff is. Right. So, but the thing is, they have to link on what they pulled. So yeah. So all you have to do is just go instead of searching Google, just create a search. Uh, that's we should. Here's a business idea. Creating a searchable Google of the Google removed links. Yeah, just like it's like a whole search. Yeah, of only the removed stuff. Yeah, that'd be pretty I, good. I saw like a um a a a referee, a football soccer referee, who um did some shady business where he made a bad call. Yeah. And admitted to it, or maybe he was paid off. I forget the exact circumstances of it, but his got removed. Yeah. If you Googled his name. All that came up was like, I made a, I'm an idiot. I'm a mistake. I made a mistake. Yeah. Um, someone made a... Con- so, actually, some stuff got relisted after they fought. Um, 
some news stories were getting pulled because people made comments. Oh, really? Pulled because of the comments? Yeah, because the person made a comment in their name. And, oh, it, was, yeah. and it was showing up when they Googled their name. Yeah. So they, they were trying to get that pulled, but then the news organizations freaked out, and they were like, why would you pull that? That's nothing to do with the content. That's down in the, you know, in the comment section, and that actually yeah, got just put back. to the news channel to remove the comment. Yeah, good point. Exactly. So, um, so but yeah, this is, this is like a weird thing. I feel like it's a good idea and a terrible idea all at the same time. I think it's like not, it's like, I think it's a dumb idea, and it, it's basically like airport security. It doesn't do anything for you, but makes you feel better. Pretty much. Pretty mu- I mean, I agree with 100%. I agree 100%. And this is not just Google, by the way. This affects Microsoft. And oh, they have to do- I haven't heard anything about them doing it. That's because they haven't done anything yet. They wait. Oh, yeah. They just let Google try to do it first because Google's the one that's going to essentially set the precedent. Because I don't think that all the other ones have been sued yet. It's just Google, right? No, it's all of them. It repl- it's applicable to every single search engine. Huh. I remember just- there was another thing in Europe when I was working on another website that uh, you had to, like, notify when you drop cookies. But that's super annoying because everything uses cookies. So, like, every site just had an annoying notification that says, like, this site uses cookies. I I get that. I get all the time. I get that all the time. This site has dropped a cookie. This site has dropped a cookie. I know. I think that's dumb. It's Yeah, because every site has cookies. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, obvious. One thing I would tell you is that I love cookies. Cookies are amazing. Yeah, I'm not talking about no, no, I'm not, I mean, like, actual internet cookies. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, like, I use them all the time. Cookies think, are, yeah. I do a lot of special stuff with cookies. Um, but, yeah, I also do, like, physical cookies. Like What's delicious. your favorite kind of cookie? Physical cookie. Like, physical? Oh, Like man. a baked cookie. Has to be baked. Uh, a baked cookie? I probably, uh, you know, my mom used to make some really good Christmas cookies, like, very specialized ones, but if I had to talk... Ones or what? Like, it was cornflakes with marshmallow. Oh, what? That's crazy. And and, and then she would, like, melt the marshmallow and and take it. Wait, is that baked, though? Uh, Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. That's a good question, if it was baked. Because I said specifically baked cookies. Well, I think you do bake it, because you make the... That's a good question. I don't know if it was baked. But what I... All right, let's assume that it's not baked, but I like this cookie a lot. It's green dye with marshmallow mixed in with cornflakes, and she would take that and shape it like a wreath. Oh, yeah. No, I've had those. Those are really good. (laughs) <laughs> and then my like rice krispie treats, but with cornflakes. Yeah, and, and then, then the so are they? I think they are baked, but I'm not sure. So then also, uh, I used to love the the ones with the jelly. It was just like a basic sugar cookie with a thumbprint, and then they would fill jelly a little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite. But right now, if I had to pick a favorite cookie like all time, it would be a just a really good soft, warm chocolate chip cookie. I think I like peanut butter better than chocolate chip. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you about your favorite They're cookies. totally opinions. So. Yeah, it's just a total opinion. I like peanut butter cookies, too. I like the ones that actually do- drop cookies, they call them, I believe. I do a little baking myself sometimes. <laughs> um, they, don't, they don't expand in the oven. Yeah. So you just, like, you take them and then you use a fork. You make a ball and then use a fork and squash them down so you get a, a grid like this. Across that's cool. it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's the peanut butter cookie I'm familiar with, and I believe it's called a drop cookie. Huh. Interesting. That's very detailed. And I've I've made drop many drop cookies and they are delicious. I don't. I think I've only made cookies like once. I've made so many cookies, dude. I'm like I used to bake a lot. That's uh, cool. Little, little known fact: I make a killer scone, and oh, an, are good. and I make an amazing apple pie. 
a lot of my friends, uh, they'll just keep cookie dough in their freezer that they make, and then they'll just make because it only takes like ten minutes once you have the oven. Like, so they'll just make cookies all the time, like out of the dough that they store. Right, and it's not that hard to make dough either. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And then you get hot cookies. Yeah, frankly, cookies are one of the most delicious, easiest things to make. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, so anyway, should we uh, maybe go into a review roulette? Uh, maybe. Let me. I just want to look. At, I had some other things I wanted to talk about here. I think. And you can uh, redeem my horrible explanation of what it is from last week. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Let's just do it. Now it's time for. <laughs> review <laughs> roulette. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Review Roulette. Every week, Fresher and Parlance, I'm Parlance, he's Fresher, randomly select a title from the Netflix catalog. Then the following week, we review that movie, so and you too could watch along and follow along. We don't necessarily just review the movie, we talk about the movie, we give our opinions about the movie, and then at the end, we give a numerical review of the review of the movie. Um, and what are the, the, num- the numbers mean again? I forget. It is five is you would rewatch it, seven is you would suggest it to your friends. And, uh, yeah, 10 is the best movie you've ever seen. Right. So that's it. So last week's movie, I wasn't here, but it was selected by Todd and Fresher, was... Randomly, though. Huh? Randomly. Randomly. Brooklyn Castle. Yeah. A documentary taking place in Brooklyn about a chess team. Yeah. It was... It was all right. So, yeah, it was... I thought for a documentary, it wasn't... I don't know. It seemed really old, even though I don't think it was that old. It was only 2009. Oh, it had to be after 2009 because the, they gave a ba- uh, update at the end of the film and the, the one kid did something. But I mean, all the filming and stuff was 2009. No, it was in 2010. They won the 2010 championship. At the yeah, end. I mean, 2009 through 2011, it said. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was so... I learned a lot about chess, and I don't even think there's really a build-up that we can go over. It's just, like, about this chess team. I guess, yeah, so it's, you know, they start out in middle school. They're talking about how their chess team's super good, and then they kind of follow one of the graduated girls who's going to be the first African-American chess master based nope, on... No, 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 First African-American female, female African-American. Right. And then, uh, so they kind of follow her in the high school, and then um, they go into, like, some middle school politics. One of the players is running for uh, class president. Obama. And then uh, they are, they run into budget troubles because it's the financial collapse in 2010 or whatever. That's like the everything about that's the whole story. So I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna. Hey, audience, here's my take <laughs> on it. By the way, did you enjoy, Fresher? Did you enjoy my intro? That was that was pretty. That good. was perfect. I'm yeah. just copy that. That was even better than usual. I put a little extra thought into it today because I wanted to shine. A little pizzazz? Yeah, a little pizzazz. Um, so here's the thing. This is much like many documentaries that are made. I'm a big fan of documentaries. I mean, they I tr- like documentaries too, but... They try to catch lightning in a bottle. You, you yeah. know, so, so there's this film called Hoop Dreams, and they follow these kids through like youth basketball all the way to high school. About, yeah. And they're really good at basketball, and then they do a little thing of what happens after they graduate from high school. And yeah. all the drama, and it's a brilliant documentary, and it's like four hours long. Maybe it's three, long. three hours long. It's a great documentary. It will, it will take your insides. It will chew them up and spit <laughs> them out. I okay? think I need my insides the way that they are. But here's the thing. 
the end of this these documentaries like this this documentary was trying for a little bit of hoop dreams yeah but it, but it ended up actually trying to do something else at the end which I didn't like which is that um, so the whole thing was is that these kids are remarkable and there's no doubt in my mind that this is a special school and these kids are special and yeah. they are and it's and it brought up the point that when you think of chess you think of like stodgy, nerdy, pretty much white kids, right? Yeah. And these were not white kids. These were all... It was like a super low like, school or whatever. It was a low-income school in the middle of... I was in Harlem or Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And um, they started a club in chess in, like, I think it was 86? Yeah, something like that. And they won, like, 26 years in a row. Yeah, and so it's, like, totally their main... Like, it's a chess school, basically. It's essentially a chess school. And um, so we come in where um, they're kind of at a crux because defunding is happening in the New York public school system. So they're having to do fundraising. And they throw in a little political drama of like the kid running for council and our president. And as we talked about earlier, Pobo, which is the, the big chess guy who ran and won for president, yeah. his platform was like, I'm going to get us money. Right, and I was thinking, and then they had another girl talk about it, and her platform was like, "We're gonna have funny hat day." And I know. We're, like, and how I was much like, can do anything? That's exactly right. So I was like, "I'm gonna vote for funny hat day girl over Pobo, who's like trying to be all serious and shit." I know. So, so anyway, this the this is the amazing thing is that these these kids were getting funded pretty much through the city and through philanthropy. Yeah. And these kids were succeeding. And I was really rooting for um, the Hispanic boy. I think I forget his name now. Um, but the one where his mom, like, he got into... Uh, oh, yeah, he was, like, trying to pick not as good a school or something. Oh, yeah, yeah the whole test thing. That was kind of interesting. I didn't know New York, your whole high school acceptance is based on one test. And, like, it's, like, basically the SATs for getting into high school. Right. So you either want to go to Stuyvesant or Brooklyn Tech. Yeah, and, he, and and then there's other schools like somewhere in East East New York that it's like you get a it's a trade school so you could be a fireman or whatever. He's like, and the principal's like, you're not going there, dude. You're way too smart for that. You're not a fireman. So yeah. he, so they go through also the sub underneath this is that all of this chess stuff and all of the stuff that they're doing they're they're balancing with academics and and trying to get into schools to set themselves up to be like pretty much the first of their families to go to high school or college and being good at chess also usually coincides with being good academically but the thing is to be an excellent chess player like a high ranked chess player which i didn't know much about chess ranking i yeah, know a lot either. i know yeah, a lot about it now interesting. um and being a really good chess player requires a lot of like time and studying and being a good. So that's player. the main thing that I didn't understand about the chess aspect of this. And I tried looking it up while I was watching it. I didn't understand. I mean, like I know chess is a skill and whatever. And they said like there's more chess move permutations than there are atoms in the body or something, kind of unbelievable like that. And um, like they said, like to be a good chess player, you just have to study all the time. Like I don't understand what you study. Is it just like all the possible moves or like? What, how many strategies are I don't see how studying chess could help that much. I don't I don't I just didn't get that part of it. Because they were like they were really like doing in that you need to keep studying it. I don't know how that helps. Uh studying chess? Yeah. Because there's like moves and you you it, it 
I know people who are really that were really good at chess. Okay? Yeah, but it, so is it just all pre-calculated then, basically? Is that no? What it's, it's like it's about patterns and stuff, so you know to identify patterns yeah. and also memorizing sequences. So um, I don't know if you saw the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer. No, I didn't. So like, there's a great scene at the end of the movie where he he knows in his mind that in 22 moves he knows every single move that's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. And he essentially gives the kid, he goes to shake his hand, and he's like, the kid like thinks he hasn't won, and he goes to yeah. shake the kid's hand, and he's like, draw? And the kid's like, fuck up, Why, I'm not going to draw with you, I don't, yeah. why do I care? Like, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to set up, and the kid's like, alright then, I gave you the chance, and then just 22 moves later just fucking ro- rocks him. Yeah. So, so what happens is is that they, they know, they are able to see through experience. It's just like the more you do something, the better you are at it, and the more possibilities you see and the more patterns you see. Yeah, I mean, for like for doing it, I get that, but for just studying it, I don't see how that would help. No, because they study what they've done. I don't know if you saw this, but every time they lose I know, I was a match... Wondering, is that what they write in the book, too? Yes, they write every move in the book, okay? Because yeah. what happens is, is that when they lose... They go back to the exact moment and and they recreate the board. Yeah. And they see where they went wrong and how they lost because they did things wrong. So that's that's another part of it, right? Yeah. And then I, they didn't explain this very well, but he's like, I hung my queen. Like, who knows what? I don't even know what hanging my queen means. And yeah. Pobo's like, don't worry, kid. It's all right, buddy. And that kid was messed up. He, he was just like, he, he went, oh, he, wait, did he win one? I think he won his first one. Yeah. Um, the the really nerdy low ranked kid. The one, um, the one who like had ADD or something. Yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, so to get back to the the story, I wanted I'll, actually I'll finish with this. Then they also followed this this female who was trying to be the first female black um, uh, chess master. Chess master, right? yeah. Who left Which the school. Two thousand or more, right? Huh? Twenty two hundred. Oh, twenty two, yeah. So she she was over two thousand, but she was having hard times getting to twenty two hundred, and um, she went she got it to Stuyvesant, I believe. But she was still traveling with the middle school team for a little bit because their their school didn't have the funding, and then also Stuyvesant gave her a, ch- a grand chess master to do training. Yeah, I mean and, that's crazy. They like funded all that stuff. I know it's crazy, and um, oh the, yeah, she travels to the cha- the this thing because they snowstorm or whatever. She missed the first match and got totally missed the opportunity to win that, like the, yeah. the tournament. Then the following year, as a freshman, she goes to the national championships, and this is kind of like the climax because they're now intercutting the 2010 middle school championship with yeah. this female who's now in the high school. She's competing not as a team but as the individual championships as yeah. a freshman, and the winner of that gets a, a full ride to the University yeah. of Texas, right? Yeah, it was Dallas, uh, UT Dallas or whatever. UT Dallas, full ride, sixty-some $60,000 tuition. Yeah. So the winner gets that. So she was going there as a freshman to, to compete to try to get this because she was, she's like, I know my family can't afford school. And that oh, yeah. was like this whole struggle with the, these all these kids because they're all from really poor... Uh, um, yeah, basically, she won. This is oh, oh, dude, don't ruin it. You gotta I'm ruining it. That. She won. She won as a freshman... Yeah. And championship and got the scholarship and it was like this big heartwarming moment. You, I was like worried because it was tied and then they had to play to strength of schedule pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then she won as a freshman and they she got the scholarships. It was very heartwarming and then 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 the uh, the uh, the middle school won their group. Yeah. 
And then also they they were. But they, the, the the main guy who the justice, which is a weird name. He only got seventh place. He it was all about how he was down because he's supposed to be a super good chess player, but like he ends up not actually doing that good every game. Well, he had a rough rough go of it in this documentary, but in the in the credits, so Justice, who was like a essentially a ringer, like you would bring in a good basketball player, they brought in this kid to yeah. be like because it was like he came in to be a part of the chess team, and yeah. and he was the he was twelve years old and ranked over two thousand, which is yeah. absurd. Yeah, um, yeah. And he had a tough go of it. He kept losing matches. He just had a rough thing, and I think he came in seventh that year. Yeah, but it was then, But then at the end of the movie, in the credits, they said, "Oh, he be- he became a the the young uh, a grandmaster." Spec- yeah. At, at this, what was it? The second ever uh, African American yeah, grandmaster. And then shortly thereafter, another kid on that same team who they only focused on very lightly. Yeah. Became the third at the age of 12 or 13, a grandmaster in chess. And then, so the, these two kids, they that school, that middle school, competed at the high school championships the following year. Oh, yeah, and they totally won. And they won because they had two fucking grandmasters on their team. <laughs> I mean... I know. Um, if nothing else, this movie did make me want to play chess a little bit. Uh, so, funny story. I used to be really good at chess. Yeah. And But the thing is, I got uh, bored. That's uh, but funny. I... But I got bored. Nerd. <laughs> so I got I got bur- I got bored of it a lot of times. Yeah. So I had my friend, my friend, one friend was really, really into chess. Like read books about it all the time. Yeah. And there was nothing more fulfilling than to beat him in chess. And I did it like <laughs> forty to fifty percent of the time. I would beat him. Yeah. And he would just go nuts because he studied the moves, he studied all the stuff. He was just like totally into it. And every, I'll tell you what, every time I lost, I made a bonehead move. Always. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I, this is my larger point about this documentary, which I wanted to get it. And I talked about Hoop Dreams, right? Yeah. And, it was, and, and then there's other documentaries, and I've just recently watched them, um, where at the end it's like, this is an important cause. And if you support this cause, go here and do something. Yeah, at the site. Right? So they always do this. And that's what this documentary did at the end. And I will say that it got me really interested in these students. It got me interested in chess, and it really made me root for these kids, and I really hope they succeed. Right? I felt all of that. But at the end, when it's like, if you don't want to see chess killed, then come to my site and donate money to to this chess organization. And I was just like... Man, there's so much other shit in this world, and I'm gonna fucking give money to these kids to be chess know, champions. Right? Bullshit. And then I was like, fucking click. Close. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, it was still. I felt. Uh, I felt pretty strongly about that. It was a good documentary. It wasn't a great documentary. Um, but I think under certain circumstances, not to tell, give a tell here. I yeah. may, I may recommend this to other people. Oh, really? What circumstances? Uh, if they really like chess and feel-good stories. Oh. Was it a feel-good story? Yeah, totally. What are you talking about? A woman, a, a young black girl from the from the streets of Brooklyn yeah. who had nothing, who won a free college education because she was good at chess? That's a great story. That was only... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So, some other notes I had about it. Uh... Yeah, the class president thing. Like, yeah, we already went over that. So 
I guess, yeah, that's all. I, I didn't really have that much interesting stuff to say about this movie. Um, I, yeah, don't I, was, I don't think it was that interesting. It was, was definitely like a couple things about it. Like, it was not. It was not a hundred minutes interesting. It was. Yeah, it was almost two hours long. Yeah. So should we give should we give our rating? Are you ready? Do you have anything else to to add? Uh no. Uh, like I said, the 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 idea that these kids are using chess and balancing chess and academics. Yeah. To, and also balancing that to get to take these tests to get into the better schools so that they could further their education. I it found that to like be really could be like any like basketball or football or whatever. That's exa- that's exactly my point. It was it was it's like basketball or football, but it's like more like mental gymnastics versus physical gymnastics. Yeah, it's like if you if there's you know what I could make the same. I guarantee you I could make this same documentary with a fucking debate team. Okay, <laughs> could you? Yeah, and we'll Just call like, it yeah we'll call it the master debaters. Master debaters. Yeah, and the funding is getting cut, but don't worry, they're really good at arguing to keep their funding. Yeah. Oh. That's a good one. That's isn't that basically what the um the uh oh shoot. I forgot the name of that. The Toastmasters. What was that about? Like Toastmasters is that like speech arguing, you know, club thing. But it's oh, like yeah. yeah, yeah. Well no, have you ever done debate club? Not club, I mean I've done you know, debates for stuff. What but... did you what did you debate? I want to hear some of the topics. I don't remember. Oh, come on. It was, I like, forced to do it. I didn't really want to. <laughs> so you didn't, like, travel around the country and do debate? No, I wasn't, like, in the competitions. Or, it was, like, in class or something. <sighs> I got excited. I thought maybe you did some traveling, debating. I mean, I did I did travel with our band. We, had, we won a lot of awards as a concert band. What was your instrument? I played trombone. Trombone and saxophone. I did both. Hey, everybody, this is the part of the show where we learn little-known facts about Fresher. <laughs> yep, I'm a, I'm a bone player. Back in the late 90s, Fresher was an excellent trombone player, award-winning with his high school here in Dude. our hometown. It was. We played at, we marched at Disneyland, uh, and that was cool. With our, we had a marching band, too. And we also marched in Vancouver parades every year, and... Uh, we went. We had like some music course thing at one of like the Imagine Imagineers Disney Studios for doing sight reading and stuff. That was that's, that's cool. I, yeah. I I'm more impressed that you did trombone. I thought I was like I thought you were gonna be like I played bass drum. I played cymbals. <laughs> Percussion's hard. Not cymbals is not hard. I don't know. It takes some skill. The, the, what timing? Yeah, I mean, well, that's... Yeah, I actually, originally, when I started playing instruments in elementary school, I wanted to play percussion, but my parents wanted me to learn an instrument with notes. But I think it's actually more valuable to learn the um, reading rhythms and stuff. I thought you were going to say, I really, really, really wanted to play handbells. I have, but handbells are pretty fun. Handbells are pretty fun. The best part about handbells... It sounds so cool when you uh, you have the two separate uh, you know pieces of music that you're reading, and then you have two people, and it all matches up, so it's like a song. But if you just play yours, it doesn't like really sound like anything. No, well, that's the point of handbells. You have like ten people, and everyone's doing it like an orchestra. Yeah, I know it's pretty cool. 
The best part about handbells is the gloves. I never use the gloves. Oh, come on. You, you, you can't put fingerprints all over the bells. Well, you hold the handle. We had to wear gloves. Oh, I don't know. Was, I just did it at church or whatever, and, like, I don't think people cared that much. The fingerprints were cleaned off by Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. Christ's tears. Christ's tears, yeah. That's, from, yeah. That, from that uh, thorn halo thing or whatever. Well, no, he was so he, he was so moved by your handbell playing, he just cried down and cleaned I like off. to imagine it's from the halo. From the halo? <laughs> Um, so anyway, what are we going to review this? Uh, yeah, what's, what's your number? What's your I'm, number? I'm going to give it a six. A six? All right, so got that wait, down. Wait, 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 but wait, wait, with the caveat. Oh, there's a caveat. There is a caveat. As I said, seven is the number where we would say we would recommend it to other people. That's true. I almost feel like we should make it five recommend, seven watch again, because I feel like I don't need to watch this again, but I may want to recommend it. I would not recommend a movie I would not rewatch. To I mean, yeah, you can recommend. I mean, that's recommend is above rewatch. No, because you can, re- you can recommend a bad movie, like that's different. I mean, recommend like you know. That's enth- my point. Enthusiastically recommend. Okay, here's my you know point. I mean? I'm giving it a six, with the caveat that I potentially could recommend this to other people if they were into chess or kind of was like, you know into that sort of type of movie. Recommend as a good movie. I, I would rec- This is not a bad movie. It's just not a great movie. Yeah. Six. Anyway, six. I'm giving it a three. Ouch. Come on. I didn't think it was that good. I mean, yeah, it was a docu- I like documentaries, but this one, like, it was, it was super dry, and I didn't think it was that heartfelt. I mean, they, like, the only thing about the whole, like, there wasn't even that much struggle, like, the finance stuff, like, it never looked like they were going to fail, like, ever. And then, yeah, she just gets the scholarship at the end, like, out of nowhere. There was no build-up. Maybe if she was, like, trying to get the scholarship, like, the whole time or something. Like, the scholarship was just basically like, given to her. It was like, oh, sweet, playing chess does pay off. Like, that's, like, in the last five minutes. That's not that heartfelt. But anyways, three and six. So, uh, four, is that 4.5 total? Yeah. So that's a, a big old 4.5 on that movie. Bringing down the average. All right. So, so uh, also, um, Tom says, uh, I understand chess better than I do soccer, which is probably true. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, chess, is, I think chess is, yeah. Even though chess has rules, I'd like to say chess rules are easier than soccer rules, in my opinion. Are you kidding me? I think so. Well, for, all right. There's like three rules in soccer. Maybe four. I don't know. They have a, like the, all the cards and, yeah, and all the scoring stuff about like ties, like, are, you know, half and whatever. That stuff, that stuff's weird. I didn't even know that stuff till this year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, chess, chess has... Chess pretty much just has each piece's move. That's it. And there's only like five kinds of pieces or something. And then there's like the the one special, like you can cast or you're king. That's about it. That's the only special move. No, there's the end passe. What's that? Look it up. Oh, yeah, where you can switch your guy if you get your pawn to the other side. You can do that. The end passe. I forget. I think that's what it's called. Oh, wait. Is it the end passant? 
Maybe it's the M passe. I think it's the M passe. I'm going with the M passe. <laughs> well, all right. So should we pick another movie? Uh, I mean, we should. I'm on Rotten Tomato. So FYI, here's what the M passe is. Or the M passant. If a pawn moves two squares where moving one square would have left it possible for an opposing pawn to take it, then on the next turn, the pawn can take it as if it only had moved one square. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know that. So you can't... So essentially on the That's opening... Essentially on the opening move... Yeah. You, can, you know how the pawn can move two squares? Yeah. If you essentially move ahead of the, of the attacking square... Yeah, you, they can still attack you. They could essentially just move diagonally. They could move no, diagonally. No, diagonally. They only they only take diagonally. That's my point. That's what the empassant is. It, essentially, it would essentially move to the square where it would have taken you from diagonal, but it would be one oh, square. Oh, like it passes you. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence the name empassant. So that's like a that's like a move that is very specialized. Yeah. But yeah, that one. So there's like three then. There's yeah. switching out your pawn if you can see the other side, the impasse and the castle. The castling, yeah. And then other than that, the only move that's not super straightforward is the knight. Right. Right. So, like, that's pretty easy. Yep. So, anyway, th th there you go. So, let's pick this movie. All right. I'm on uh, Rotten Tomato on InstaWatcher, which is a great site where we pick all our movies from. And, uh... I don't think we should, like, pick a horror movie. I, like, I guess it was okay, but whatever. I just chose choose random out of Rotten Tomato. Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> what is it? I like your quiet. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, you go first. All right, so I got Paper Moon. Have you seen that? Is that what Channing Tate... Um... It's from 1973. Uh, I've, I've, it's starting... And it's 102 minutes. A con man, Ryan O'Neill, and his... Uh, Young daughter? His daughter, Tatum yeah. O'Neill. Wait, they're really the daughter? Is an Oscar-winning role as Best Supporting Actress. Gift, gift their way across the... Oh, grift their way yeah. across the heartland of Depression-era America in director Peter... Bogdovich's... Bogdanovich. Whatever. <laughs> Names. Nostalgic look at the 1930s as the two try desperately to uh, scrounge up early money to live on. Enough. Jeez, these are... Not getting any of these words. Reading. Like, what's, what's this word? Inug inugs. I know. Inugs. <laughs> Soon become a business <laughs> partnership when they realize they need each other for survival. I don't know. I guess it sounds okay. What's you yours? Might, you might need to take your patch off when you're reading. I know. It's um, the, all right. Here's what I got. I got Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. Ooh, that sounds good. When a clever young girl traps Tinkerbell... The cartoon? Yeah. When a clever young girl traps Tinkerbell and holds her captive, the other magical fairies must launch a daring rescue mission to set her free. But as, the t <laughs> but as Tink anxiously waits for her friends to arrive, she unexpectedly, unexpectedly befriends her captor. Sounds a little bit like Stockholm Syndrome to me. Ooh. <laughs> um, 77 Minutes, 2010, animated, Rotten Tomato, 71. This is uh, 102 Minutes and Rotten Tomato, 91. All right, you're, 
I, I don't know if I, I might, have, might have seen it because I know that girl won the Best Supporting Actor, but that might just because I remember her winning. I don't know. Yeah, I could go either way on this. Um, let's do uh, Tinkerbell. You really want to watch Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue? <laughs> Not really, but, you know, this other one sounds just okay, too. Yeah, let's just, oh, gosh. Well, should we let, is Tom still watching? Maybe we should let him pick. Let's see. His last activity was uh, 17 minutes ago. Oh, boy. Tom, what do you think? Tinkerbell or Paper Moon? I don't know if we're going to be able to yeah. not right. me up yet. We'll, t- we'll talk for a bit. Let's see, we have, uh, I think, one more topic that we didn't go over. Which was that? Uh, oh, yeah, so I was reading that the, um, there's a Russian group that's rebuilding Tesla's uh, power transmission system. They're doing a bunch of studies, and they're actually building a new transmission tower. And their idea, which is pretty cool for the power is if they built a 20, I think it was 20, or maybe 100 kilometer by 100 kilometer uh, solar array on the equator, it would be enough power to like have the whole world's energy needs. And so if they could transmit that across the world with this like Tesla stuff, that would be pretty cool. But anyways, they started a, um, a uh, whatever, Indigo, or whatever, Indiegogo? That other... Indiegogo. Yeah, it's the other... It's like, yeah, it's the generic Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool and that they're revisiting, like, to try to recreate, like, legitimately. Because I think that all the Tesla stuff could totally have worked and it was just, like, conspiracy or whatever. I'm, I'm of that uh, mindset because I'm, I'm super pro-Tesla. He's cool. He's probably my favorite scientist. I mean, he is. So Interesting. All right, yeah. I think Tom is God, so let's just do Tinkerbell. All right, we're doing Tinkerbell. Tinks, what's the name of it again? Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. <laughs> okay, this will be interesting to review. Tinkerbell. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's that. We got our we got our movie. So you know, it's the thing we're going on. Hour and a half here. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah. I think uh, it's time time to sign out for the All night. Right. Yep. So thank you everybody for watching. Again, feel free to comment. Visit our site www.freshairandparlance.com. Come to our fre- our Facebook page, uh, the Fresher and Parland Show, or comment on our YouTube channel, Fresher and Parland Show, which you're probably watching right now if you're watching this right now. I think. Uh, yeah. Or feel free to reach us out at twi- on Twitter at Fresh and Par. Uh, that this is, uh, I think we had a really good show. I hope that you enjoyed it. And yeah, if you liked let's, it, let's let's know if there's anything you want to talk about, and uh, we'll get you. Yeah, we'll get if you exactly, if you have any ideas or topics that you want to talk about, please send us an email at parlance at fresherandparlance.com or fresher at fresherandparlance. Like for or instance, Facebook or whatever. Our Facebook. Uh, for instance, if you just want to know what kind of pants I'm wearing right now, you could just yeah. email me. You know, <laughs> uh, little uh, tidbit: not wearing any pants. <laughs> it's too, hot. It's too hot in here. Take my pants off for the show. So uh, take my word for it, though. <laughs> we have. Uh, little do you know, we actually have a um, 
a porn cam, like one of those live webcam porn. Yeah, sites. it's just like it's me from like the um, waist down doing. Exactly. That. Yeah, that's how we actually fund this show. Yeah. Both naked underneath the camera, and we just we kind that's of. That's just... why uh, our show doesn't have any graphics or production. Is because that's how we fund it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Again, thank you for all for watching. And if you like the show, please feel free to tell your friends about it um, and let them. We we love to talk about things, and we love for have people come up to us yeah. and tell now us. Now it just it. sounds like we're doing some sort of, um, you know, like promotion for money, like you know, it's a, a fun drive. Just need this. We're almost to our limit, our our goal. <laughs> yeah. Right, so no. We also take Bitcoin. We also take Dogecoin. We Not, take, I don't want. I don't want any crappy dodge coins. No, I'll take them all. BBQ coin, Litecoin, uh, whatever coins that you have that are cryptocurrencies, we will take them. Yeah. So anyway, this is Parland saying toodaloo. Have a wonderful night. Fresher signing out. Boop, 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 boop.